Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. Ever since we started this show, there's a question we've gotten a lot. So I asked why there were so many young people leaving the state. Why are so many young people leaving the state? Why are so many young people leaving Vermont? Like, a lot, a lot. I do wonder what it is that's keeping people from going back. I've wondered why some people have left, what drew them out, what drew them back for those that did come back. People come at this question from all directions. I think it makes me feel sad, and it also makes me feel guilty. Emily Mangan is one of the departed, so to speak. Right now she lives in D.C. Sad that I'm one that left and guilty that I'm also one that left. I feel like I'm contributing to the problem. Diane McGarry is a Vermont mom, just hoping her kids will move home. Oh, I would love it if they were nearby. (laughs) That's probably another reason why I asked the question. And Daniel Latrell is just like, who wouldn't want to live here? I mean, as someone who grew up in Vermont has left for periods of time, but generally has always stayed here. I mean, it has a lot to offer. This month on the podcast, The Flight of the Youths. From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. Here on the show, we bring reporting power to the people. Every month, we take on a question about Vermont that's been submitted and voted on by you, our audience. This month, a topic of perennial concern in this state, young people leaving. But just how bad is it? We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. This month's show gets a little personal. I grew up here, went to college here, left for a few years, and then came back to work for VPR. And each of those choices felt really consequential. Is it better to stay or go? I think a lot of young Vermonters have this ongoing dialogue with ourselves. This definitely goes for my colleague, Liam Elder Connors. Here's Liam. I like the joke that I've lived in the same square mile my whole life. But if I'm being honest, it's more like two square miles. I grew up in Colchester, graduated from the town high school, and then went to college right down the road from my parents' house at St. Michael's. And now I work for VPR, which happens to be in the same neighborhood. I'm a young person, and I most definitely did not leave. But I've been hearing the narrative that young people are leaving Vermont for years, even at my high school graduation. 
So when I started reporting this story, I began by asking some friends why they left. Hi. Hi, this is Liam. How are you? This is Alexandra Libstack, a friend of mine from high school. Right now, she's living in Massachusetts, going to grad school. It's been a couple of years, I think. Like, at least five years, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. We exchanged some awkward pleasantries. Did we have classes together, too? I know we had some classes. Well... We might, did we? We realized our strongest connection must have been speech team. I think Mrs. Derber would be very proud of you (laughs) because I was thinking about speech team and how you always used to do the radio competitions. (laughs) Alexandra, unlike me, hasn't lived in Vermont since high school. Why did you leave ultimately? Why, Why did you decide you wanted to get out of the state? I felt like I had to. I felt like I... I needed to see something different. Like I needed to kind of break out of the small town vibe and just have my moment to explore life outside of Vermont. Did you ever think you wanted to come back? You know, I guess now I see Vermont more as a place to settle down. And I'm not really in a point in my life where I'm ready to settle down right now. This is a feeling I've also had and a sentiment I've heard from many friends. They want to end up in Vermont, but first they want to see the world. I mean, I mean, I don't want this just to be me asking you questions. I mean, do you have anything you want to ask me about, like, what, it, you know, like, this is a two-way street here? Yeah, well, I always found it interesting that you stayed, honestly, because, you know, I think, I think about high school, I think about, you know, our friends and who ended up where, and I would often think about it. I was like, yeah, Liam stuck around. So... I guess you've you have found something to be fulfilling or at least fulfilling enough for all these years. Yeah, I mean, I think I I wanted to leave I wanted to leave really immediately after high school, but it didn't work out that way and I fell in love with I always say that. Every time someone asks why I'm still here, I get defensive. I feel embarrassed, which is ridiculous. I like Vermont. I like my life here. But when you're in your mid-twenties, a journalist, and prone to bouts of existential dread, if you're staying and everyone else seems to be going, you wonder, what's really going on here? There are many issues to explore when it comes to Vermont demographics, like the state's aging population, declining birth rates, and migration between counties in the state. But in this episode, our focus is more narrow. We're going to look at youth migration, specifically how many young people are actually leaving and moving into the state. Michael? Are you Liam? I'm Liam. Hi. Hey, it's good to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Michael Moser Uh, is a coordinator at the Vermont State Data Center. He walked me through some of the recent census estimates, specifically looking at the number of people between the ages of 20 and 44 who left Vermont and the number who moved in. The question was, young, if it's true that young people are leaving Vermont in large numbers. And based on what we're looking at right here, how would you answer that question? Well, you know, if I look at the total tally for the state of Vermont, actually Vermont is gaining around 166 people within those age categories overall. So basically, more people came here than left. Not a lot of people, but still it was a net gain. Which is kind of surprising. I mean, that's not not exactly something I feel like I was expecting. It's a little bit surprising. And get this. If we look at a younger age range, 20 to 34, 
Vermont gains even more people, almost twice as many. So maybe we can all relax a bit about this idea of young people leaving. The numbers don't show a grand exodus. But at the same time, these gains aren't huge. I mean, it's invisible. It's an invisible number. You're not going to be able to see that in in any substantial way in any community. Also a disclaimer. This data comes from a survey that uses sampling. And for Vermont, which has a small population, that means a high margin of error. The margin of error uh, in some cases is greater than the actual number that we're talking about. But Moser says that this data still gives us a sense of what migration in and out of the state looks like. And we were losing young people just a handful of years ago. Between 2006 and 2010, the net migration was negative, meaning we lost young people, around 230 actually. We've gone from loss relatively recently to gains. These losses can get stuck in our heads, especially living in a small state. You might know a few people in your town that move away, and that small number can feel enormous. It might feel even bigger when you never meet the people who are moving in. These losses that we had been experiencing um, and that we are experiencing are, you know, still on our minds, even though maybe the picture may be changing as we go forward. Even though the numbers don't show a massive youth migration out of Vermont, people do still leave. And when that happens, we want to know why. Enter Cheryl Morris. She's a professor of geography at the University of Vermont. A few years ago, she and some colleagues looked at why people leave, stay, and come back to Vermont. Their Roots Migration Survey heard from more than 3,600 current and former Vermonters. So when we started reading people's responses, there was so much joy, heartbreak, attachment, emotion in those responses. Morse says they expected to hear that people were leaving solely because of jobs and the high cost of living in Vermont. But it turned out to be more nuanced. Those were the never the factors alone. They were always in combination with other things like, I wanted to go see the world, or I have a, a partner who doesn't want to live in Vermont, so I didn't come back. There was just this host of almost like a web of reasons that people gave for leaving, and it was not as economically driven as we expected to see. Morse says the, quote, leavers were also looking for cultural diversity. About 20 percent of the people said that they left Vermont because they expressly were seeking more diverse experiences and encounters with people from different backgrounds. Overall, though, Morse says the survey just scratched the surface. There's just a lot more work that can be done in the future to understand the relationship between the reasons that people leave and what draws new people to come into the state. And that's an area for further research. Here's the thing. This preoccupation with people leaving is nothing new. It's been on people's minds literally since Vermont became a state. The theme of migration, of leaving Vermont, is the dominant historiographic theme in Vermont history. Jill Mudgett's a Vermont historian, and in the past she's been a VPR commentator. She's going to take us way back to Vermont's first decades as a state. Mudgett says about 30 years after Vermont was settled, people were leaving. They were going west, where it was flatter, and the land was easier to farm. You start to see Vermonters leaving and writing letters back to relatives still in Vermont, kind of coaxing their brothers and their cousins to join them. How are they coaxing people to leave Vermont? Well, you you get actually pretty hilarious letters. Hilarious in an 1800s kind of way, like in this letter from a Vermonter who moved to Wisconsin. And he said... 
I feel almost provoked with myself when I look around here and see land spread out before me and nothing to do but put in the plow, and you will have a crop of corn without hoeing. And then think how we've been hanging on to a little strip of land in Vermont, not wide enough to swing a cat around without dashing her brains out against the hills. Not that anyone would want to do that, but whatever. Mudgett says pretty soon people were having conversations that might sound familiar. You start to see Vermont culture makers, Vermont political leaders worrying about the fact that their kids are leaving, that their kids may leave. They were so worried schools developed a Vermont-centric curriculum. And the motivation was to instill in Vermont children an appreciation of the natural landscape. As people started to leave Vermont, others hunkered down and defended their reasons for staying even writing poems about it. And one stanza reads, "'Tis here in Vermont, the land of green mountains, I choose to remain contented to dwell. Among the green mountains, the lofty green mountains, the cloud-capped green mountains, contented to dwell." There are other lines in the poem about having johnny cake and other corn-based foods and butter and cheese and how that's all not only good but perfectly adequate I'm just like thinking of the contemporary day version of like Johnny Cakes and like now it's just like, yeah, come get some like Chunky Monkey and a Heady Topper or something. Like. <laughs> right, right. And we all know that we all feel arrogantly proud that our beer is better and our cheese is better. So along with our long-standing local vore tradition, the worry that Vermont isn't a place for young people stretches back into our history. We've worried about out-migration since right after we got settled. It's almost like we didn't even have time to get comfortable. Is there, does Vermont have an existential problem? Like we're always worried that are we good enough for people? Historically, that's definitely true, that we felt second best. Now, whether youth flight is an existential concern or something that you can just barely see in the numbers, there is a Vermont town where the story is very different. A town that seems to attract young people like moths to a barn light. We go there right after this. Rachel Mordagas and her husband Mark were living outside Los Angeles when they began scheming to move somewhere else. They didn't like the city, didn't want to raise their family there. So they spent a bunch of time online researching possibilities. And just kind of get an overview of what the scene scene was sitting on our computer. We looked like everywhere. We weren't picky. Oklahoma, Kansas, everywhere. New York. They wanted something low-key with more personalized teaching in the schools. And they eventually chose Vermont. Never really found like a solid job lead. So we were just gonna, you know, let's just pack up and go, whatever. We don't want to be here. Let's just go. Rachel, who's 33, ended up making the move without her husband. Last April, he died unexpectedly from a brain tumor. But Rachel was committed to their plan. And by the end of that same month, in a true feat of resolve, she had packed up her life. Yeah, I put my kids in the truck and my dog and my mom came out and we drove across the country and I had, I don't know, 15 houses for rent on Craigslist that were all within my price range. She spent the month of June driving around the state looking at rentals. One of them was in the town of Peacham in the Northeast Kingdom. It's about 20 minutes from St. Johnsbury and 45 from Montpelier. But there aren't any main roads passing through it. It's a town, people say, that one has to decide to go to. And when Rachel got there, she wanted to stay. The appeal was it just felt easy. 
this is small, this is slow. There's a paved road that goes through the middle and things like that mattered to me. It mattered to me now where I'm at in my life. So, and there was a school, so it just worked. Now, there are a lot of towns in Vermont with a small school and a paved road running through the middle. But I can see why Rachel was drawn to Peachum. It is over-the-top charming. The village has a cozy cafe and a white steeple church next to a big red barn with views of the White Mountains in the distance. It was snowing big flakes on the day I visited, and I felt like I'd stepped into an Instagram photo. It's the kind of place where, when you set up an interview with the town clerk, he invites you on a horse-drawn sleigh ride, pulled along by a gentle Belgian draft horse named Pete. Pete! Oh! Good boy, Peter. Um, so there's the village. Kind of, we're kind of looking down over the, the town, the cafe, the church, the, the barn. Thomas Gallinat isn't just the town clerk, he's also the town treasurer. And like Rachel, he's in his 30s, relatively new to town, and a parent of two. He and his wife Hannah moved here in 2013. And then out this way is a series of hillsides with scattered farms throughout, um, like you could imagine in a Norman Rockwell painting. Norman Rockwell would have appreciated the fact that Tom built this sled out of old bookshelves from the Peachum Library. And he'd probably appreciate Tom's glee when Pete the horse breaks into a gallop. (laughs) Good boy, Peter. Tom's extended family has a long history in Peachum, of farming, among other things. And Tom balances his duties for the town with similar work. We're really fortunate to have a town that's flexible to understand haying and sugaring and all the pieces that come with that. You know, when the cows get out and you're an hour late for work, people are more interested to see that they got in rather than where were you. And that's pretty, we're very fortunate for that. Tom echoed that sentiment that I heard so many times, that people who come to Peachum do so very deliberately. We're here for a lifestyle. We're here for a community. Um, Seldom do people move here because of a job. Um, it's because they, they, they're craving what I think Peachum has to offer. To be clear, there are some things Peachum does not offer, like reliable cell service and a grocery store. It can be hard to find housing if you don't have a family connection or the right timing. But Tom and Rachel are among a solid crop of 30-somethings that have chosen Peachum in recent years. And they had all sorts of reasons for coming here or coming back. I mean, the moon was out. It was, you know, lighting the town and the, the landscape. And as we were pulling into um, Peachum, it's it's sort of like one of those, like, aha, like, ah, moments. Um, and I said, this is the town I'm going to live in. It's the, at one time, I don't know if this is still true, the most professionally photographed town in the state of Vermont. It's what I think a lot of people outside of there imagine Vermont to be like. I have always lived in large cities, larger towns. This is the first time I've actually lived in a small town, and I have to say I really love it here. We had to have cell service, and we had to have broadband internet for my wife to work from home. We have five large dogs, and we don't like having next-door neighbors. When I was 20, 21, I wanted to get pretty good and gone, and I did. And, uh, I don't know, I guess absence makes the heart grow fonder. There was a 
woman in town who just passed who had the same birthday as my oldest son. And so on his birthday, he would pick apples and make applesauce and bring it to her for her birthday. And she was 101. So that kind of connection, I think, doesn't happen elsewhere. Someone will bush hog your yard if you need it. It's sort of that borrow, share, um, community spirit that makes this place so lovely to live. We ended up by my grandparents' house here, so that was kind of a decision maker, but we did like Peachum just for school choice. So, school choice. In Peachum, this means that after sixth grade, parents can choose to send their kids to the private St. Johnsbury Academy or the public Danville High School or the independent Linden Institute or others. That and the quality of the Peachum Elementary School were part of basically everyone's decision to live here. My wife and I chose Peachum um, largely in part because it was a local small elementary school. My motivation was checking the schools. The educational opportunities that we wanted for our son. You know, the ability to choose the high school that our children would go to. Rachel Moragas says it's like a parent's dream. I remember telling the principal, Ashley Gray, when I moved here, this is something that in L.A. people would pay a thousand bucks a month to send their five-year-olds to small classes and kindness and good quality, you know, educational materials. And even the Peachum school bus driver is a youthful 42. We're going to drop Ari off and then loop around and then we're going to do Chloe. Jeff Lane used to work as an avalanche forecaster for the White Mountain National Forest. Now he makes the daily rounds with his two-year-old son snoozing in the front seat. We moved here about a year and a half ago. So we wanted a small town with a good school uh, and really tight community. With all these young families coming into town, enrollment in the elementary school is up 35% since 2012, which is kind of remarkable given that most Vermont schools are watching their numbers tick down. We had to add a preschool teacher uh, in order to accept more kids because we were at capacity. So the trend line seems to be going up, and um, I, I don't think that the school climate could be any better. Mike Heath, age 37, originally from Groton, is a member of the select board and the school board. Last year, he helped Peachum resist consolidation with nearby schools. Consolidation of small schools is happening a lot under the Vermont law known as Act 46. Now, in Peachum, there's talk of actually expanding the elementary school, and Mike is working on a plan to install a solar array there. Hoping to do that without muddying up our views or our postcard uh, vistas here in Peachum. And is Mike the youngest public servant in Peachum? Of course he isn't. I think our oldest member might be 40, but I'm pretty sure he's not. You probably remember Tom Gallinat, the 35-year-old town clerk with the draft horse. Tom says town governance is stacked with 30-somethings. So our select board, our town clerk, assistant clerk, our road foreman, our transfer station attendant, even our road crew, there's one member who's in his early 50s, but he's pretty young at heart. <laughs> Peachum is striking an interesting balance. On the one hand, it's having a love affair with its past, and on the other, it's actively staking out its future. So maybe with the right combination of old and new, you can attract young families. It's really the 30-year-olds that we need. And those are the people who are actively uh, engaged in work and pay taxes and coach little league teams and do all of those things that make society function. Cheryl Morse, the UVM professor whom we met earlier, 
says that instead of just fretting about the young people who are leaving, we should be paying more attention to those who are here. So sometimes I wish we wouldn't talk about youth out migration so much, or at least in the in the framing that we've used, because it does not acknowledge the amazing work and development of rural communities that Vermonters who stayed are producing. And if you feel like you don't know anyone in this category, well, come to Peachum and you'll meet some pretty quick. One more thing before we wrap up. If you're hoping to move to Vermont or back to Vermont, a few new initiatives have been announced recently that we want to highlight. First is a new program called Stay to Stay, just launched by the Vermont Department of Tourism and Marketing. It features a series of long weekends around the state. You can come check out a community and meet potential employers and neighbors and community leaders. There are four weekends planned through October. Second, the Vermont State Colleges system is offering a welcome home tuition policy. It's for Vermonters who graduated from high school in 2015 or later and then moved away. Move back to Vermont and you could be eligible for in-state tuition rates immediately. You can learn more about both of these programs at our website, bravelittlestate.org. Thanks so much for listening to the show this month. Liam Elder Connors reported this episode with me. Remember that you can show your love for our podcast by making a donation to VPR at bravelittlestate.org donate. We couldn't make these episodes without you. This month, we had five question askers. So thank you to Emily Mangit, Brian Alexander, Diane McGarry, Anna Van Dyne, and Daniel Latrell. And big thanks to Peachum residents, Jeff and Jillian Sawaki, Timothy Scott, Eric Kaufman, Alfred Dedham, Hannah Gallinat, Kristen Spear, and Jennifer Birchall for sharing their thoughts for this episode. Thanks also to Morgan Gold and Michael Moser. Editing this month by Emily Corwin, with engineering support from Chris Albertine. Our theme music is by Ty Gibbons. Other music by Blue Dot Sessions, Poddington Bear, Nocturnum, and Lee Rosevier. I'm Angela Evansy. We'll be back next month. And until then, remember, be brave, ask questions. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.